My name is Lad Reed and this is Your Move Creep, the podcast celebrating action cinema from 1980 to the year 2000, from the east to the west, from the worst to the best. So my guest for this episode is Austin Torres. Austin is a horror film writer and director. He's also the host of the Would You Die podcast. We sat down to chat about the Robert Rodriguez classic Desperado. We also chat a little bit about Austin's love for Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, and we also put on blast all the Star Wars haters as we discuss a little bit with the book, book of Boba Fett. And without further ado, let's get into it, creeps. Hello, Austin. Thank you for coming on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's a good, a, a decent Saturday <laughs> here in Scotland. <laughs> so it's good. It's, it's pretty horrible, miserable weather, but we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. I'm inside in the warmth, so it's all good. Uh, so, I guess, thank you very much for coming on. Um, what we're going to first do, as we always do, is talk a little bit about your sort of background with action movies and how you kind of grew up with them. So, can you tell me a little bit about your kind of first experiences with action movies? Sure. Um, my first experience with action movies, um, I would say, would be kind of the movies that aren't necessarily action movies, but have action in them so kind of like action ish or action ad- adjacent so mm-hmm. my first kind of action movie which is also my first horror movie and my first sci-fi my first movie in a lot of ways is uh jurassic park when i saw that oh, in, oh, when oh, i was oh, three yeah, years yeah. old i don't necessarily think jurassic park's an action movie but i think it's what led me to real action movies <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah definitely it's like we yeah and f- with the Spielberg connection, um, Jurassic Park led me to the Indiana Jones franchise. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, yes. Mainly Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I think is a perfect action adventure movie. Yeah, I would agree. I've definitely, it's, it's, it's an amazing movie. It still stands up and stands the test of time you know, all these years later, nearly, nearly about 40 years later now. It must, it must be at this point. So, yeah, it's an, an amazing movie. All three of those films are, I like. It might, and you notice I did three. I didn't say four. Um, <laughs> oh, three of those films I like. Um, the fifth one I'm not doing. I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with that. That's, but it's filled in Glasgow, so maybe that'll be quite fun. Uh, but yeah, so the, that was sort of your. It's almost from like sort of. I wouldn't say children's movies really. They're more sort of like accessible kind of action movies, accessible sort of adventure movies. Yeah, and- they're mainstream for everyone. I would say. Um, but the Indiana Jones movies were definitely my first action movies because me growing up, I was born in 94. So the big movies when I were growing up 
were the Harry Potter films, which I don't think mm. are really action, but they have some action no, in no. them. Yeah, yeah. And the the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Oh, yes. Which I, I think superhero movies are action movies. I guess they're kind of their own thing now. Yeah, yeah. So but, so yeah, yeah. They have become that sort of... Um, if they take a life of their own now with the Marvel Universe now. Yeah. But definitely with um, the 2000s, with the, with the Spider-Man movies being so popular, that helped get me into action as well. And my diving into action is kind of timed with my diving into horror which is one of my favorite genres and um the alien franchise helped me mm. get into both with alien uh james cameron's aliens being one of the greatest yes. action movies ever made in my oh yes opinion. absolutely absolutely yeah it's amazing it's uh thankfully we get to see it in the big screen next month so i'm really looking forward to that so that's in a few a few weeks here in Glasgow, which is quite quite cool. I think it must be the maybe the fortieth maybe anniversary of it. Maybe maybe thirtieth or something. To make sure it's got to like be that. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So an anniversary anyway, because I've shown like a big shown Alien and Alien, so there must be anniversary for both of them. But yeah, um, I've not ever only ever seen that really on VHS or on the TV. I've, I, I'm quite excited to watch that. That's awesome. That's definitely that, that's definitely one of my one of my favorite action movies. I would say. That's awesome. I love that because, like, but for me, um, once I got into Aliens, now I'm getting into James Cameron. So mm. the Terminator movies, yes, one foot in horror, one foot in science. Uh, uh, it's definitely science fiction. One foot mm -hmm. in horror, one foot in action. I meant to say. And, um, and then like, I start, I, I think I like a lot of action horror mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. from there, then I get into movies like Predator, which obviously yes. has a foot in both, um, from mm -hmm. dusk mm -hmm. till dawn, I think is an action horror. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, this is a lot more recent, but I, I've really liked the Purge movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've not seen much of them, but yeah, I do, do yeah. think they're quite good, yeah. So I think the action movies I tend to lean towards have that kind of fantastical element, whether it's science fiction or horror. Yeah. Um, I really like the Underworld series. Oh, yes, Kate yeah, Beckinsale. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, they're, they're cool movies, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. I've, um, I've got them all. I've got them all. For, for, for better or for worse, I've got them all in on DVD. <laughs> so um I don't think I've seen all of them. I think I've only seen maybe like two or three of them. But yeah, they're they're fun movies and they're they're very kind of kind of campy movies. But again they're I seem like you're saying before they kind of sort of straddle the line between sort of action and sort of um and horror as well. You know, obviously vampires and werewolves and all sorts of things yeah. like that. Monsters and beasties. So yeah, it's it's definitely sort of I can see how you would get into those those movies definitely. Yeah, so that's kind of where my action adventure kind of, that's my journey, I guess you can say, is starting with the Spielberg mainstream stuff and then letting the monsters and the <laughs> fantastical element take me through. But now that, I've se now that I'm older and I've seen a lot more movies, yeah, I've definitely yeah. seen a lot more now, so. <laughs> that's cool, that's actually cool. So, um... Always can ask somebody. What, ask my guess. When it comes to action, who do you kind of think of as a 
a guy, a girl. It could be even be could be an actor or an actress, or it could be even just a, a character you, you you sort of think of when you think of action. This is a person I think of. Well, well, okay. So my first thought went to Harrison Ford. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, yeah. and I definitely think the Indiana Jones movies are are the reason why, but I also love movies like Air Force One, which is yeah, basically yes. Die Hard on a Plane, but I don't care. Harrison <laughs> Ford's the president. It's fucking yeah, yeah, badass. Yeah. And, uh, uh, oh, can we swear on this show? You can swear as much as you fucking like. Okay, cool, because I just fucking <laughs> did, Sco- but I didn't ask beforehand. <laughs> I'm, I'm Scottish, so it's like it's a prerequisite that I can swear. So yeah, don't, don't swear, okay. swear as much as you want. No, we're not, we're not, a ch- not a ch- we're not friendly okay, on this. Perfect, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I just, I just fucking did it. So I'm like, wait a second, I'm, I'm gonna double check. <laughs> I mean, I already did it, but, yeah, but fine. yeah, that's fine. so no, I it's out there now, so it doesn't matter. So good. <laughs> But yeah, I love movies like Air Force One, um, The Fugitive. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, uh, with him. Yeah, I love that. Um, I like his Jack Ryan films, like Clear and Present Danger and Patriot. Game. Mm-hmm, Although mm-hmm. I Hunt for the Red October is my favorite, even though that's not yeah, really. one of the Harrison Ford ones. Yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> very one of John Connery. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then I got to give a quick shout out to my boy Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, um, of course, of course. I love Arnold, and um, if it wasn't for Harrison Ford, I think Arnold would be my gut reaction to who do yes. I think of as an action star. Because with Harrison Ford, he's kind of like that every man kind of um, trying to rescue his family <laughs> type of uh, yeah, yeah, action definitely. star, but. Or not even an action star, it's just his movies have a lot of action, but Arnold Schwarzenegger is the action star for me. Yeah, 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 I would say so. I would say, I, I, I definitely agree that, you know, it's, but I'm, the, the good thing about doing this podcast is I'm kind of learning about new action stars, and as much as I've got, like, I'll talk about later about the big five, as I say, but, um, yeah, Arnold is sort of like, it's hard to not think of Arnold when it comes to action movies, and when you think of a, action star he's sort of the sort of president of action movies almost <laughs> the, the governor of action movies almost <laughs> exactly and like for me i don't think there's been anyone like him before or after like to me the closest that's come to like arnold's action star persona is uh sylvester stallone yeah yeah definitely but other than him like there's definitely no one now who, in my opinion, matches Arnold's charisma, like the way he can do a one-liner. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know Tom Cruise is jumping out of airplanes and he's like 60, but that's different. Tom Cruise yeah, is yeah, different yeah. for me. <laughs> but yeah, there's no one like Arnold. So I, I have to give him... Uh, I, my answer is still Harrison Ford, but I have to give love to Arnold because... I love, I mean, like I said, Predator. Um, I love Total Recall. I love Commando. Like, he's great, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I can, I can definitely agree. I'll, I'll back that up hundred percent. So we're going to move on to your your pick of the week now. Um, you've picked 1995's Desperado. 
Yes. So we can chamble up about why you've picked that. Obviously, I give every as I've spoken about a lot of times on the podcast. I give all my guests a list and kind of let them go hog wild. And this is one of the ones we we kind of you picked and we could sort of agreed on. So tell me a little bit why you chose this one. What this one stuck out for you? Well, I love Robert Rodriguez as someone who is um, a Mexican American. It's kind of like it's awesome to see other Mexicans making films. So I love Robert Rodriguez. I love Guillermo del Toro and Alfonso Caron and Alejandro Anaratu and filmmakers like that. I forget their names, but the people who did the rec films, I love oh, them. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yes. But um, with Robert Rodriguez, he is a, he's kind of like special to me because every film he does and just inspires me because he's like that do it yourself uh find a find a way to make your movie kind of guy like mm-hmm. oh i can't afford a cameraman i'll do it i can't afford an editor i'll do it like i think that's so that's awesome and when i saw desperado on your list i was like okay we got to we got to go with Desperado because it is one of the most badass movies I've ever seen uh from a guy who basically just willed it into existence. Yeah, yeah, it's def- it's, it's it's obviously I haven't haven't re- kind of rewatched it recently, so it's definitely I had forgotten how sort of incredible it was and how how nicely shot it is. It's just an amazingly it's so tight as well. It's not. There's no sort of fat on it, really. Is but it's it's very, very interesting. And does a lot with like very little. You talk, you spoke about. You kind of, you sort of take tasks on himself. And I think reading about this movie, I think only there's only two stuntmen the whole way through the whole the whole movie. It's, he's like, I didn't have enough money, so I just got these two guys to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I could only afford Steve Buscemi for like a certain amount of time, so like I had to come in one day. And, I've got six hours to be Steve Buscemi, so I shoot this quite quickly. So, yeah, I think it, I think I like obviously I, you know I'm a big fan of this movie. I'm a big fan of From Dust Till Dawn. I love Planet Terror. I think Planet Terror is quite a, a really really fun movie. It's very very daft, and but it's uh, I really like it. So, yeah, I, I think he's probably one of the one of the coolest directors. Even you know Spy Kids. I mean, like I know he gets kind of ratted on for those films, but you know they're still fun films. You know what I mean, they're still fun kids films. You know what I mean, and for somebody to make such kind of like graphically violent films to be like go and make these kids movies is quite quite a kind of feat, I think. I gotta say, I fucking love Spy Kids. Like, <laughs> like I said, I was born ninety four, so Spy Kids came out. I was the same age yeah. as those kids, so. Um, I mentioned the Spider-Man movies earlier, but like I can't forget Spy Kids, how influential yeah. that was. Um, and Antonio Banderas, like in Desperado and in uh, the Spy Kids movie, like he's amazing. I love him. Yeah, and even even in once and you know this kind of sort of sequel to this film, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. That's even he's even right. fun in that, and that's a good film. Um, with you know lovely problematic Johnny Depp. <laughs> Um, so that's uh, even that's a kind of really fun movie. It's, it's very daft, and Willem Dafoe's. A, I think Willem Dafoe's a bad guy in that. I think he's sort of the kind mm-hmm. of gangster thing, but he's sort of chewing up the scenery as normal. But yeah, he, he, he has a kind of good eye for getting these kind of big, sort of grandiose action movies. But um, yeah, we'll kind of get into it a little bit. So 
little bit about obviously Desperado. Uh, Desperado is, is a tale of a former musician and gunslinger, El Mariachi. He returns to a small coastal Mexican border town to find the man who killed his lover. And as the body count grows, he goes closer to set, settling, settling the score Sorry, with Butchio. Now, upon what, re-watching it for, this, for the podcast, what did you make of it Ernest, upon watching it again? Well, Desperado is one of those movies that I sit down and I sit down to watch it, going to be analytical. I have my notebook and then the movie's <laughs> over. I didn't write down any notes because I was so engaged and I was like, damn it. <laughs> I was supposed <laughs> I was supposed to watch this like with a critical eye, but I, I just can't because every time I watch it, I just get so immersed. I love the style because um, that. When I think of Robert Rodriguez, I think of style, and Desperado's mm. definitely a film that shows that off, especially with the bar scene. Yes. Uh, that bar shootout knocks me out every time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And also, we get a little kind of sort of cameo that just before from um, kind of mainstay of Robert Rodriguez, sort of pal, Quentin Tarantino. Who yeah. um, comes in with sort of he's a classic? I'm a character in this movie. I must have a monologue uh, <laughs> moment, which is quite which we get sort of this joke about pissing all over the bar and stuff like that. I think, but I think it's um, it's an amazing movie. I was what I was sort of what I seen when I was watching the movie is because obviously the, the time it's set, it's very. It reminds me sort of like sort of Robert Rodriguez is kind of bringing his sort of like John Woo influence into it because it's very much like hard boiled that scene especially it's a lot of slow motion there's millions of bullets which is a ridiculous amount of bullets and yeah. guns i think at one point antonio banderas and one other guys kind of are going through all the guns on the floor to try and get like a bullet yeah. to each other, which is <laughs> kind of a current sort of comical moment but yeah it's quite a quite a, a, a fun scene do you think that's probably is that that's kind of the scene that sticks out to you for all the sort of gunfights that are throughout the movie for me, yeah, yeah, that that to me is like that killer set piece that that I just go back to. Like sometimes I'll be in the middle of the movie. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to rewind and watch that again. Then I'll finish the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's because it's so fr- kind of frenetic and so sort of fast and sort of I'm going to say fast and furious. Here. It's, so, it's, <laughs> so, it's, it's, it's so very well. There's so much happening. And, and that, and there's so many people getting like you know fucked up essentially. But that that, yeah. that scene, you, it's, you, you almost have to watch it a million times. I remember being very young and watching it, and even obviously watching the Tarantino scene and not really knowing anything about it. Having sort of taped it, like my dad just taped off the television. The minute those the minute I can Antonio puts his hands in the air and the guns come out, I, I remember from my brother, me and my brother going, "Holy shit! This is this is it! It's on now." And the, the kind of, when you see the kind of the the case open up the guitar case, um, I don't know, don't know how many times I've you know walked around with like that guitar case kind on him, Antonio Banderas, but a little bit more thicker than him, I suppose. Uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's just a it's just a street. It's such a fun sort of scene, and it sort of kind of sets a tone for a lot of a lot of the movie, and obviously sets a tone for a lot of other Robert Peake's movies. Kind of kind of Dust of Dawn, the biggest one coming next. So um, yeah, yeah. So 
Again, you say you say Noss is obviously one of some you've you've we've watched quite a lot of times. With Desperado, would you say? With Desperado, I would say I've watched it a yeah, quite a bit. Quite a bit. Um I was a little older when I first got when I first watched Desperado, because like I said, when I first think of thought of Robert Rodriguez, it was Spy Kids. That's what I grew up mm. with. And as I was growing up, um, that's when the Machete movies kind of like those came out while yes, I was in yes, high yes, school. Yes. So then I got into those, and by the time I was in college, that's when I w- went back, and that's when I first saw From Dusk Till Dawn mm. and Desperado. And since then, I've seen both of those movies like a handful of uh, quite a few times in a handful of years. <laughs> and and. And within the sort of the bar scene, do you have a favorite moment in the in the bar scene? Um, the first one that comes—I <laughs> made myself laugh. Uh, the the, <laughs> the first one, the first one that comes to mind is when he shoots the ceiling fan, and it falls yeah. on that dude, and then he goes around <laughs> the bar corner, and the ceiling fan's just hitting the guy in the face <laughs> over and shit. over again. <laughs> And he sort of shoots it to stop it from doing that, which is I think it's quite a, a comedy moment as well. Uh, I yeah. personally love love when he's like he's like on on the floor and he kind of kicks a guy like so so far into the air. Oh it, yeah, it's, 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 that's probably one of the most ridiculous moments in it. And he's still kind of shooting the guy as he's going. The guy's going in slow motion throughout the air. I think that just is so like it's such a daft moment, but it's also like an an amazing like. You can't not you can't not love that. That's because it's so ridiculous and so stupid and so sort of like a guy on wires essentially. But it's right. it's sort of it's sort of for a second it takes you out the movie. You go because normally kind of grounded and quite gritty, and then it's like this kind of moment where someone gets kicked in the air and it's been shot about a million times <laughs> as it falls. And so I think I think it's I think it's really really fun. Uh, so we're gonna go a lot just to stop a little bit for a little joint into the big five this time so i see this film mm-hmm. come out in 1995 so we go always go through a little bit of what the other guys are doing the big action stars of this era are doing this time so stallone uh, he brought judge dread this time and also the antonio banderas uh, film assassins so a big year for antonio banderas when it comes to big sort of cool action movies uh, arnie nothing nothing i get nothing this year unfortunately we didn't you just kind of skipped a year took a year out of being a badass, obviously. Give Mary else a go for a little bit. Um, Seagal, yeah. we got Under Siege 2, um, which is, a, again, just quite a, a very fun movie. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, we got The Awesome Street Fighter. Um, I don't I don't know anybody that can't, can't love Street Fighter, the movie, which is very, very, very stupid and very, very um, daft. <laughs> and we've got, going to a little bit tenuous link with it, being that later on. Um, also brought basically Ice Hockey, Die Hard, and an Ice Rink movie, Sudden Death. Uh, which is again another one of my favourites, and Jackie Chan over in Hong Kong brought out Thunderbolt, um, which is kind of like a rescar sort of spy movie, which is which I've actually never seen, and I'm going to be watching for this very podcast, so I'm looking forward to watching that. Awesome. Um, so just to jump quick, jump a little bit back into the film now. There's a lot of gimmicks in this film in terms of guns. Obviously, during the sort of scene later on with Sam Hayek. And when she when she opens up the case and he's got Antonio Banderas got all the guns and marriages, you know, the car case. 
you find Dolphy the, the penis gun from from Dust to Dawn from Sex Machines. <laughs> Sex yeah. Machine, which is an amazing little sort of thing. Um we obviously get later on with the Campa and Kino, we get a rocket launcher guitar case and a machine gun yeah. machine gun guitar cases. <laughs> um we obviously we, we spoke about just a bit before about the uh the you know the kind of taxi driver guns kind of at the pockets thing, which I think is amazing. Do you have a favorite gimmick when it comes to the kind of the guns in this movie? It's something that you fix it and goes, oh, is that when you maybe seen it for the very first time when you're younger? That stood out. Well, oh my god, that's so such a cool thing to do. Or which I, I imagine imagine having like this, you know, a rocket launcher guitar case. That's mental. Well, I got I gotta say, um, like I remember when I first watched the movie. And I thought it was the coolest thing when in the initial bar shootout, when he pulls like the guns from his wrists, because they're all focused on the guitar case full of guns. And then he's, they're about to pull on him. He just uses the ones in his wrists. And I'm like, okay, that was awesome. Nothing's (laughs) going to top this. But I, I, I gotta say, I did not think there was going to be a guitar case bazooka coming. So... (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to say my favorite is the missile launcher guitar case. <laughs> yes, it's it's, it's it's very ridiculous, and I, I I don't to this day I haven't watched it multiple multiple times throughout the years. I still don't understand how that works. The sort of dynamic, I don't understand the the physics of it. I just I would just love to like take some sit down, and there must be and I must be a commentary somewhere. It must be a blurry commentary when somebody went, "What? How does that actually work?" How's how are multiple like five or six rockets in this little guitar case? Because they look they look like they're big <laughs> rockets. It's, yeah. it doesn't make doesn't make any sense. Because somebody who plays guitar and has a great love of of, of you can see in the background. Obviously, you, obviously, audience can't see, but you can see. I've got off a proper guitar case, which is you know sort of similar to the ones in the movies. And I don't think I could fit a rocket launcher in that, so I can barely fit my guitar in. Never mind a rocket launcher, <laughs> but so it's kind of um, it's just. It's, but I think it's. One of these movies that you sort of just have to get a go. It's there's sort of a fantastical element to it. There's sort of a suspension of disbelief. You go, well, I I don't particularly need to know why there's a machine gun in that guy's guitar case. There just is, and that's cool, and I can just live with that. And I think it's amazing. Um, just sometimes it's uh, sometimes an idea is so cool it defies physics. Yes, yes. I mean, I think I think that's I think when it comes to action movies, I think physics are kind of generally um, thrown out the window. Obviously, we just we just talked about somebody getting kicked through the air, um, yeah. and like land taking about five minutes to land. So that, we, that was completely, obviously, completely daft. So um, I think this movie has sort of the best sort of mix of you know quite gritty sort of violent sort of tone, but also very sort of fantastical silly sort of violence scene when 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 I see we spoke about before about this kind of sort of John Woo heroic bloodshed movies like Hard Boiled and A Better Tomorrow and The Killer even though they're gritty movies when it comes down to the actual action they're so they just veer veer so much into there's so much gunplay and there's so much gun violence it always becomes what's the word I would say I would say that it becomes a little bit like hard to believe you sort of essentially believe mm-hmm. this belief comes into it again, like I say, but it's it when you think because there's so much happening, you would never really see this. So it's it becomes goes less from graphic violence to being like sort of 
silly and not campy, yeah. but a bit kind of. I, I like to top. think of it as like stylized. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a very good word to use. Absolutely, yeah, great. Kind of so, like a graphic novel sometimes. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. so it's it's very comic booky, and I think yeah. that that's and we of you mentioned before, but Dust of Dawn again. That's a very very silly movie and with very very silly um, <laughs> uh, action and very over the top action. Um, and obviously, they kind of cool guys walking away from explosions as as SNL once yeah. Um which is which obviously you see you see very very famously in this movie was Sam Hayek and. Anthony Banderas walk away very coolly away from kind of that exploding sort of hotel, um, which I think is, a, I think is an amazing little shot. It's one of the most famous shots in the movie, I think. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to talk a little bit personally about this movie because I, haven't, I hadn't seen this movie in quite a long time. So I'd completely forgotten the twist at the end. Because obviously when we get, obviously get El Mariachi turns up, finally. Finally, Facebook Joe, he's gone through the machine guns. You know, he's he's had a little, a little. He's tried to save the kid, um, thankfully from from dying. Um, who's obviously been been sort of in the crossfire of the sort of massive battle. You know, with Butchos, right hand man. We come to the end, and obviously, Eramachi is going to have the the final, the final thing he's wanting for this whole this whole movie for so, so long. Can they finally get revenge? And we find that the Butcho is actually his older brother, and I'd yeah. completely forgotten that was the, that was a twist. So I was quite, I was, I, I wouldn't say it was like, oh my god, like no, like the you know, like like of, I'm your father. Look, it's it's more of a like, oh my, right? Oh, I completely forgot about that. Whoa, it's like this. It was sort of quite quite an interesting sort of way to end. Again, I sort of again that ties into sort of the, sort of the um, Roy Bloodshed kind of stuff where it's kind of like it's. You have these massive battles and you have these massive fights, but at the end, there's sort of like a poignant sort of sadness to it. You know, they don't get away with without something being sacrificed and with something being lost. Or how did you feel about the twist? You know, did, did you remember the twist from when you watched when you were younger? Did you? Is it still? Do you find twist still as shocking now and still as impactful now? Well, um. I definitely remember the first time uh, seeing it. I didn't see that coming at all, because <laughs> hmm. I I don't think it's a twist that you necessarily think of. But then it happens, and it just makes the stakes so much higher because there's like that brotherly family hmm. uh, conflict happening. Whereas at first, for me, when I first watched it, it's or when I watch it now, even you're watching this movie and you want El Mariachi to get the re- the revenge on uh, Bucho, and you know, because that's what you want from an action movie. You want yes. the bad guy to have the bloodiest death. You want your our mm-hmm. heroes to get mm-hmm. the revenge because we like to see, you know, uh, justice. I guess <laughs> when we're watching yeah yeah yeah, yeah action exactly. movies, but then that twist of making him his brother. So it's not as simple as, oh, I'm just going to punch his heart out and like tear, or tear out his throat. And then it's all happy endings. It's like, no, that there's like 
it's not just the conflict between the brothers, but the internal conflict in El Mariachi, mm-hmm. which like, I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I think it's a very engaging twist. I don't, I see it coming now, but like rewatching it very recently, I've seen it a couple months ago too. And mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, and like a, a few months before that so i watch this movie yeah. every couple of months so wow really that's amazing so would you say it's kind of one of your favorites would you say yeah yeah definitely or at least something you would something i kind of almost sort of a kind of a comfort action movie almost like i like you know i let you know i if i look you know if i'm i'm obviously a big fan of horror as well so mm-hmm. when i kind of go to you know horror i think you know watching the thing or watching don't live and dead or something like that you know something that's kind of like it's engaging, but it's not. And I, I know a lot about it. I know and know what's going to happen. So, but it's still like there's still an enjoyment from it. Um, I'm again of action movies. You know, for anything with me, it's sort of like like police story, which we talked about in the last episode. Um, that sort of a comfort movie. You know, when I think of like I want to sit down and what would be entertained by an action movie, I watch something like that, or I watch watch an Arnie, watch Predator, or you know, I watch Total Recall, something like that. That I know and I'm invested in, and I know that the kind of beats of, but something you can put on, you can sort of like switch off and you can go enjoy it. And so that's why I have a big, again, a big love for kind of very, very cheesy straight to DVD or VHS action movies because um, it's all about switching your brain off and because you've the acting's horrendous. So, <laughs> but yes, it's, 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 a, it's a bold move to have sort of such a big fan. And obviously, from to be sort of chasing this. They're both sort of scared of the boogeyman, essentially, in the whole way through the movie. You know, the there's obviously this, these tales about this kind of gunslinging guitar guitarist that's kind of coming through the streets, so you know, going through Mexico, went through every every town, trying to find you know, Pucho, and obviously he and obviously Elmachi himself are is looking for this this kind of this Pucho. He doesn't know. Obviously, at the end, you don't even he doesn't even know he's Pucho. He just knows him as Cesar, and it's. Uh, I think he's, I think the match is called Minito, which means means little brother, doesn't it? Is that correct? Yeah. There you go. There you go. I'm not that bad. I love about research. <laughs> <laughs> I had to be very careful though, because he said you're Mexican American. I was like, I'm just gonna completely fuck up this this um. It's fine. I'm I'm more American <laughs> than I am Mexican. Uh, I'm from Detroit, so <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So, but yes, it's 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 it's, it's, it's so it's it's you I've, part way through the movie. Also, you see, I'm sort of hesitate to kill Butcho, and you, it's not really explained. Kind of part way because it's very very near the end of the movie that you see him. He's got this. He got the perk kind of perfect shot to kill Butcho and kind of end it that that way. But it's sort of um, it's never explained why that why that is or why he kind of hesitates. And Sam Hayek's kind of well, why did you kill him? You got the chance here. What? Go and kill him right now. I'll do it if you want. And he's like, no, 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 no. Just sort of like, just tells her to stop it and just walks away. So it's quite, it's an interesting twist. And it's again, it's something that I completely forgot about. So it's it's cool to have like to have that sort of quite of a bold, sort of quite a tragic end to it. Even though they kind of they drive off into sunset, it's it's maybe it's done with a little bit of gravitas and a little bit like, well, I've done my I've done my time of and I've I had to kill my brother because gonna kill the person the woman I now love. I get right. my second lover essentially, so I need to I needed to do it. So now we're gonna we're gonna do Orson. I'm gonna take us a little bit into the trivia zone. 
Right, so now in the trivia zone. So we're going to go through a little bit of trivia. So speaking of Street Fighter, we talked about a little bit in our Big Five uh, section. Raul Julia was also originally pitched to play Butcho. Uh, unfortunately, he had to fall out uh, due to illness. Um, mm. Then unfortunately, again, passed away two months after the film was actually released. But um, I, I, I love Raul Julia, and I think it would, be, it would have been an amazing part. But I think Joaquin Delameda does an amazing job. He's a he's sort of a perennial bad guy in the, in a lot of movies. He's in the in Fast Five as well. Um, and often now Jason Momoa's come back to avenge his death in Fast X, which is cool. <laughs> um, but I think he's in quite a lot of kind of uh, he's kind of a kind of bad guy in a lot of movies. And, you know, I think he plays Mitchell very very well in this movie, and he's definitely sort of embodies that that sort of same energy. Roger would play body type film as well. Um, during production, Rob Rodriguez and Danny Trejo uh, found that they were related. They were both second cousins, which is quite an interest, yeah. interesting thing. In fact, just to find out that, you know, having never known that before, which is really awesome. Um, apparently, on the, on, so on the DVD commentary, um, Rob Rodriguez states that on the day they shot the sex scene with Sam Hayek, everyone turned up. Like the, like um, <laughs> it, it wasn't just a case of just like, oh, we're just going to keep this closed. It was a case of like, everyone turned up like, no, what we want to have is it now. Before I've like, oh, everybody just wants to pair with Sam Hayek. Then I thought, well, no, uh, Antonio Banderas is still a very gorgeous man. You know what I mean so? That, especially that time, nineties, nineties. Antonio Banderas woofed. My mum was my mum was passing out that those those days. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure that even all the, all the men and women and you know dogs, I suppose. Uh, we're turning up to see that sexy, <laughs> but apparently, but um, but apparently, like, Rob Reeves was quite was quite good, and to Sam I can let um just sort of close set, just him and like a photographer and the day two, kind of going at it, you know, yeah, not, not really going at it, but obviously just fake going at acting, it, acting, yeah, <laughs> acting, you know. Apparently, it took it took them like six hours or something to do because Sam I could step stop and she felt so awkward, which is quite yeah. quite quite mad. You think about it because and it's such, such a small scene. It's not very like I always remember it being a lot longer, but um. It's kind of when one of these kind of things that my grand would stand in front of the, t- the TV or my mum and dad would watch. They'd let me watch you know, graphic violence, but wouldn't watch, let me watch boobies. You know what I mean? So <laughs> just sort of a, a weird, sort of weird. Like you can watch, like, you know, can watch, you know, like Predator and you can watch like um, black exploitation movies, but you can't watch, you know, a pair of boobs at any point. Very strange. <laughs> um, Antonio Banderas obviously very famously plays guitar throughout the whole way through his film. Um, he plays with Lost Lobos, who do all the soundtrack throughout the film. Um, he plays with them in a dream sequence. So, and I think he does. That's an amazing, an amazing shot there at the beginning that kind of stands out to me. Is like as he stands on the bar playing the guitar, and the guitar's up in the air, sort of thing, and the lights are in the background. It's such an amazing. It just looks amazing, and I think it's so cool. Uh, talking about casting, um, Jennifer Lopez originally auditioned to play Sam Hayek part. Um, which have been pretty cool. I think Jennifer Lopez in the 90s, quite solid. I mean, Out of Sight, that's an amazing movie. Um, if you haven't seen that, go and check that out. Um, Jennifer Lopez. I not, always think not, of not, Anaconda. Anaconda, yeah, yeah, yeah. As my girlfriend loves that movie. Like, <laughs> every, every so often, actually, we'll go, we're watching something. What, what do you want to watch just now? And that'll come on. She'll like, she's like, see it in the list on Netflix and go, huh? Anaconda? I'm like, We've watched it like sixteen times, like in the last year. 
I don't want to, I kind of get it now. I, I get like, it's, it's, <laughs> I, are you really a big fan of John Voight's acting in that movie? <laughs> um, she's just, just a huge Ice Cube fan. Um, uh, same, <laughs> I get it. I, I get it. And I mean, I love a good creature feature. I love Ice Cube. It's basically a perfect movie. Yeah, it's it, it, again, it's a very, very, a very, very daft movie. Uh, yeah, I suppose it's like kind of a horror movie, really. I mean, think about it. It's very like it's kind of like you know, eight-legged freaks or something like that. Those kind of those movies, yeah. but it's very stupid, very over the top, and very, very bad, bad CGI. <laughs> even for ninety standards, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, so. <laughs> That is us finished with the trivia zone. Again, pause for effect. Uh, so, just kind of wrapping up. Now, mm-hmm. for people who have not seen this movie, obviously, would you recommend it? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, my only thing is like, because when I recommend movies to people, I generally know their tastes. So I hate mm. making blanket recommendations because everyone has very different tastes. But I would recommend... Anyone who loves action movies, definitely see Desperado. I think it is one of the best action films of the 90s. And I think it's definitely one of the more important films uh, for that kind of Mexican-American Tex-Mex sort of culture. You know, because like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, how do I want to say it? It's like there are certain movies that are they're not French, but they're like are they're not Italian, but they're like the Italian American sort of. Mm, um mm. so so like um Mean Streets, like a lot of yeah, early Scorsese yeah. stuff has a lot of Ita- like yeah. Goodfellas has a lot of Italian in it, but it's mm. definitely American. That's how I view Robert Rodriguez and especially that earlier filmography because it's not like because he's a Mexican-American, so there's still some American in his, but there's a lot of Mexican mm. too. It's like, so um, if you're into like kind of like that expanding your culture without actually watching other cultures than uh (laughs) desperado yeah 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 if you want to use a rage you can watch desperado yeah i get it it's it's, it's interesting because i think if he is kind of bringing it's there are sort of sort of touchstones to the kind of american noise with steve buscemi and obviously quentin tarantino obviously again sort of a rising star from the 90s as well both of them obviously are quite rising stars in the 90s but there's definitely it's definitely showcasing okay there's there's big these big blockbuster action movies of the nineties and the kind of in the eighties, but now we are just as you know we're just down here in Mexico, even though he's obviously a Mexican American, he's he's still um, showing off. You know that this this is what we're capable of. This is the acting shops that we have, and you know there's obviously you know this made a, it's, it's basically made a kind of household name out of Danny Trio. You know those he's yes. made those made he made him a kind of not just a an action star, but like a guy who was out. He Dan Trey was in a lot of like, movies, in Death Wish and stuff like that, and as in he pops up in a lot of kind of nineties action movies as sort of the sort of the the muscle or the sort of you know the mean looking bad guy. 
because I mean, if you need a mean-looking bad guy, you get Danny Trejo because he just and it's so funny. Like now looking at him, it just it's just a sort of like grandpa, like cool grandpa <laughs> yeah. sort of guy. Plays you know, Animal like, Crossing, has his own taco yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's mad. Like, and you see him now. He's like, he's like, he's like shredded, and he's like flinging knives at people. It's just, it's just so cool to like, he's, like to bring something like this. And I remember being very vividly seeing this in the nineties and being like, "Well, this is different. This is it has a different fl- flavor to it. It has a different sort of vibe to it than in your sort of your action movies. It's, it's very." I wonder what I could, the best way to spray, but it's it's very sort of it's gonna give you a big hit of like right or this like we're gonna give you the big the kind of American action stuff, but we're gonna give you this all this kind of culture and this sort of like this history and this sort of like this is how it's done down here, way yeah. and this is how our 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 bad what our bad guys are like and what their sort of motivations are like. So it's very very interesting, and I think that. Like you said yourself, if you're looking for something that's sort of a a gateway into that um, action movies and into sort of that, you know, action movies kind of self of you know self of your border, but not not mine is England, um, right? <laughs> uh, so so it's 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 really interesting. I think that if you're looking for something that's kind of it's going to be a good representation of that, I don't think you can find a better film than this movie. Um, so I would watch this, and I would watch El Mariachi, the original one as well, which is really cool as well. I think um, it's you're... such a, 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 an accomplishment, El Mariachi, because like I'm sure you know this, but for people who are listening that maybe don't, El Mariachi was only made for seven thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was very cheap, and that's that's like you said before. That's that's the kind of how he works. It's he's very like. He's very frugal in terms of how he makes his movies, but you wouldn't really know it. You know, looking at his movies, you would think, especially like you see Desperado that, and the Bristol Dawn, which is a big, huge bombastic movie. But you forget that once they're in that club, that's, that's it. You know, it's, it's just that set yeah. and that's it. Like there's, you know, and you, there's maybe like one or two like essential scenes outside of that that club, but once they're in the Tidy Twister, that's it. So I think the sort of both these sort of movies. It's been set in a sort of small town that it doesn't really doesn't really go very far out of, you know, apart from maybe like some kind of shots and kind of boot shows, you know, kind of layer almost. And and it's maybe a sort of driveway at the end kind of thing. It's all very compact in terms of like sort of like it's almost like kind of like a obviously they talk about in TV like bottle episodes, but it's like just it's kind of one one long little place and you know, they use the bar multiple times, you know, if it's in the they're in the sort of bookstop. Big sure store, sure store, um, multiple times. So yeah, there's not really a lot of like moving about. You know, it's not like these little bombastic movies where you're like like we talked about like where a Tom Cruise movie where it's like it's now, now we're in Dubai and now we're in like um Latin America and now we're in like right Honolulu and we're, now we're like now we're back in DC. It's like it's it's like no, we're in this town and that's it. We're in this bar and that's it. It's like it's just so I think that's really cool and. Like you say, it's a big accomplishment to make those kind of movies and make them look as amazing as they do. But when you kind of pull back, you go, it's so, so little been put into it, but so much been taken out of it. And But it's just love, just making, um, it's made that movie sort of, and a keen eye for like making films and 
um, making movies on a budget that's just made them into this sort of uh, a, a big, huge director and he gets to go off and do big things, you know, and get to make Planet Terror and get to make Spy Kids and get Stallone, you know, and he, like one yeah. of his movies, which is just amazing. And now he works with like uh, James Cameron doing Alita Battle Angel and now he's yeah, yeah. Uh, in the Star Wars universe uh, with, um, you you know, doing the Book of Boba Fett, which yeah, I think is awesome. I mean, I'm. it's funny because I love Robert Rodriguez. He's one of my favorite uh, filmmakers. Boba Fett's my favorite Star Wars character by a lot. So when I oh, yes. found out he was, you know, the one bringing Boba back, I was so happy. And I love... Uh, say what you will about the Book of Boba Fett. I know that show mm. gets a lot of hate. And yeah. honestly, I get some of it. It's not the strongest story. <laughs> but... I love I love a lot of the action in the book of Boba Fett. For me, that's kind of like a fun action watch. Um, and sure, it has some flaws, but Robert Rodriguez wasn't the writer. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's Boba Fett. I mean, it's like yeah, that's the, like at the end of the day, you're getting to watch us. When I was younger, watching Return of the Jedi, Boba Fett dies, and that was it. Yeah, that's it. we didn't never never we're never going to get to see him again. That was just that, and we kind of like there was I think there was maybe like a book. Uh, I think there's a Jabba's Palace book that came out in the nineties, and there was like a little short story, but that was it. When they got out the Sarlacc pit, and that was it. So for me, getting to watch the Mandalorian and gets into Tamora Morrison come out, he maybe wasn't my ball fit when I was younger, when I was when I was a kid, but get the fucking armor on, man! Like it's Boba Fett. I think it's the the slave one. It's like that's yeah. that's a shit from Empire Strikes Back. That's like it still might blows my mind that we get to have a whole series with that and get to have a whole series with like the Mandalorian and we're quite we're as much as we can kind of shit on the book of Boba Fett, we're kind of quite lucky, really, you think about it. Like in my lifetime to see something like that come out and and it, and, be, and to be directed but and have such an input and direction by like a guy that made, you know, two like Two kind of favorite action movies of mine, like yeah, from Dust of Dawn and to make like and Desperado we talked about today. It's just I would if you'd asked me in the nineties if anything those things would have happened, I would have been like, I don't know what you're talking about. That just seems like madness. That seems like something I would read in the back of a comic book. Like maybe that's gonna happen or the whispers yeah. in the in in a forum. But no, it's like it's it's kind of we're living in a cool time and we get to discuss these things and. Living the now, basically. And the 360 shot of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian just shooting a bunch of bad guys in like yeah. uh Western inspired Moise Eisley like street. That was badass. Like yeah. there's yeah. a lot of badass yeah. in the book of Boba Fett. A lot of stupid, sure. But <laughs> for me, for me personally, the badass cancels out the stupid. So I, I enjoyed it. Um yeah. if people don't like it, that's fair because Opinions don't matter. We all have one. Our opinions cancel I, out sometimes. <laughs> I think bad badass cancel is as stupid is pretty much the, the ethos of this this podcast. I think really. <laughs> Hell yeah! But, Hell yeah! yeah. That's, that's, that's 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 my new motto going forward. Uh, so, <laughs> just wrapping up. So, I'm sure. going to give you your chance to plug yourself, Austin. Go for it. Cool. Where can people um, find you? 
<laughs> you can find me through my podcast at Would You. Um, it's called Would You Die? It's a horror movie podcast. And every week, a different guest and I talk about their favorite monster or villain. And I've done a, um, episodes on everyone from Ghostface to Michael Myers to the Xenomorph. I have some more fun episodes like um, I did one with the horror in Star Wars. I did a whole Ooh. history of werewolves. Um, so I like to experiment uh, from time to time. I had a episode based off of Satanic Panic. That one was a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, it's called Would You Die? You can find it on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Would You Die Show. Um, it's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's on Google um, and Audible and all wherever you can find podcasts. Would You Die is there. And yeah. And you've you've graciously allowed me to come on at some point um, in the future. So we'll be talking. We're going to be talking about Chucky. Yes, um, yes. Which I'm, which I'm looking forward to. He's one of my favorites. So I'm looking forward to that and uh, getting deep into the, the lore of Chucky. So, yeah, well, again, all I can say is thanks very much for coming along, Austin. And it's been awesome to speak to you about Desperado. Thank you for having me. No, no, have it. Thank you. <laughs>that was my chat with austin torres as you can see i think a lot of a lot of geeks are going to be listening to this episode might come come at me but hey star wars is still fun so fuck he's all <laughs> so as usual you can follow the show on instagram and twitter at your mc podcast you can email the show at your podcast at gmail.com please remember to like subscribe and share on twitter and instagram and i'll see you in the next one creeps <laughs>